A good word with Kirk Franklin. Every sector of our lives is pretty much pretty much under construction. Family under construction. Career under construction. Relationships under construction. Emotions. I know mine live under construction. Finances under construction. We might as well be under construction together. Welcome to Under Construction with your girl Tamar Braxton. Have you ever just woke up excited about life? Like for some reasons you just like can't explain? It's crazy because it's been a long time since I had a morning like that. But y'all, today, it just felt so good to hop out of bed with a real smile on my face. Like I'm still like giddy and cheesy and stuff. And the crazy thing is, is that I don't even know why I'm so freaking excited. Like I literally had to tell God earlier, I don't know what you up to, but I am here for it. Okay. Yes. Oh, I love waking up like this. You know what else I'm here for? These walk it like I talk it videos y'all been sharing. Oh, baby. They are cut you. And so this week, we're going to start sharing some of the videos. So if you haven't joined the challenge, there's still time to submit your pics or videos. So now for those who might not know (laughs) what the Walk It Like I Talk It challenge is, it's a month-long challenge created to support good heart health because February is American Heart Health Month. So I'm inviting all of my podcast listeners to join me in our Walk It Like I Talk It challenge. All you have to do is send me pictures and videos of you listening to Under Construction while walking it out. Just poke your pics of video to IG and tag you see with Tamar or email it to you see with Tamar at gmail.com. That's the letters you see with Tamar at gmail.com. All right, y'all, it's time for this week's affirmation. Are y'all ready? (laughs) I'm ready. On today, I am ready. Here we go. Today, I approve of myself fully and I love the person that I am. (laughs) Hey, baby, you heard that? (laughs) Yes, there's nothing like self-love and most importantly, acceptance of who you are. So come on, y'all. I want y'all to say it with me. You know how it go. You ready? Today, I approve of myself fully and I love the person that I am. And that's on period. Yep, that's on Mary and her little lamb. Okay. <laughs> okay, y'all, I'm no sports junkie, but this week I want to share my take on All-Star Weekend 2021. Now, I'm not sure if y'all remember this, but initially the NBA said that All-Star Weekend would be canceled. Well, that ain't the case no more. Now it's confirmed to be on and in Atlanta on March 7th. Now, here's what I want to know. And maybe it's just me, but did it seem like the Super Bowl stadium was super packed this year? I mean, I know it was out, like outdoors and stuff, but are we just like disregarding the safety of others at this point? Like, ain't no Kororo, right? Is that what we're saying? No, no, it is Kororo. They tripping. Like, why is it now... Okay to gather folks for sporting events if we was in the house quarantining for the past year and a half. Somebody got to make it make sense to me, okay? So if it was cool for the NFL, I guess the NBA was like, well, I guess it's cool to collect our coins too. I don't know. That just sounds super irresponsible. And I just want y'all to be safe if y'all gonna go. 
but I'm going to be at home. So I guess my words of advice for everybody racing to be in them Atlanta streets next month, please be safe. And I know I normally give a few pointers, but uh-uh, this ain't, uh-uh. I'm sitting this one out, and I'm going to sit this one out at home, okay? And you know what <laughs> makes sense or what does not make sense for you? So I'm just going to say, use your best judgment. Okay, well, there you have it. That's, you know, my take my takes on the All-Star Weekend. That's that. All right, I'm going to keep it a thousand. Alright y'all, it's time to tap into that keep it a thou thou inbox and pull out a few questions for your girl. Now let's see what we got today. Alright, question number one. Hey Tamar, I need help with my marriage. I filed for divorce, but dude won't leave me alone. Now he wants to work on it, but I don't. I'm over it. Do you have any advice for me? Nope. I ain't got no advice, girl. I'm divorced twice. <laughs> Okay, let me take a stab at it. So you done filed for divorce, but he won't leave you alone. Oh, you got to go to the popo. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Like, it's, or you tell your lawyer, like, he won't leave me alone and then put the restraining order inside the divorce um, decree. Anybody got time for that? Okay, question number two. Hey, Tay, how do you let go of the past when you're constantly being reminded of it? You know, for me, letting go of the past is a decision. I mean, you're going to be reminded, you know, because you have memories, right? But once you make the decision to really, truly, and honestly let go, those memories won't even phase you anymore. So you have to be real with yourself and be firm on your decision. I'm letting go of the past and those things will become obsolete. Yo, like today's keep it a thou thou hit a little different. Y'all asked me questions that made me think about some difficult times in my life, okay? Well, I hope you all are able to benefit from situations that I've grown from because y'all know I love to share my thoughts and opinions. So if you'd like to have your questions answered during an upcoming episode of Under Construction, shoot your girl a note to ucwithtamar at gmail.com. That's the letters ucwithtamar at gmail.com. I don't have all the answers, but you can count on me to keep it a foul foul. But up next, we're going into the blueprint. This, this is the blueprint. Come on, y'all. Let's go. When most of us think about the lives of celebrities, we rarely take the time to understand who they were before the fame and the fortune, right? Well, did you know that 16-time Grammy Award-winning artist, songwriter, producer Kirk Franklin was abandoned by his mother? but nurtured by his aunt who saw the musical anointing that God has blessed him with. And though she really didn't have the money to invest in his talents, however, where there was a will, there was definitely a way. And she made a way. She gathered and recycled aluminum cans to pay for Kirk's piano lessons. And that investment and nurturing helped groom the man that we all love and see today. I say all that to say that when you truly pull back the curtains, there's something that we all have been through. And it's a part of our under construction journey. I'm so happy to have my dear friend, Kirk Franklin, join me today. Welcome to Under Construction, Kirk. I'm humble. I'm humble. Thank you for oh, having stop, me. Oh, stop, Kirk. This is super stop dope. It. Super dope. 
How was your family? How's Miss Tammy? Tammy's beautiful, man. Tammy's great. You know, she's my hero. She's my hero, so. Yeah, why do you say that? Well, because she saved my life. Tammy saved my life. What you mean? What you mean? Tell me about that. Okay, so are we rolling? You ready to get down? Yeah, we're rolling. Let's get it in. Let's, Let's get it in, boo. Is that I think that when a man allows a woman to be what God created her to be, that she is the key that unlocks purpose in him. And so, 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 so he's able to fly when he humbles himself and submits to the gift inside of a woman that God created to unlock his purpose key. And Tammy was the type of woman that she was not a, she was not a heavy handed woman. She, she was not a woman that her goal was to always fight me. She was a woman that loved me back to life while at the same time establishing what her bar was. She never compromised on her bar, but she loved me to that bar. And then when you see the level of purpose that comes out of you, there's a gratitude that a man can have for a woman that was patient, but did not compromise. And then when you were able to be who you were created to be, all you want to do is now sow back into her because you realize that everything that you are and everything that you have is because you submitted to that gift inside of her. So what do you think it takes? I mean, this is, we're rolling, but this is a real conversation. I just want you to know that. Yeah, 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 gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. Because now now I really want to know, like, what does it take for in order for a man to do that, though? To lay his burdens down and and, and let a woman be Great that question. for him without him being all ma- macho. And I love how you said lay his burdens down. I love that. That's super dope. <laughs> You're such a church girl. You're such a church girl. I love it. I know. I, know. I love it. And I think that what we have to make a distinction is, because I want to say this with a lot of sensitivity, because I think that sometimes we have thrown the words out Christian and God yeah. and Jesus, and they become they become monosyllabic. They're just terms that you throw away that really have no really definitive meaning. And so when I'm talking about a man that has chosen to live a vertical life, I mean a man that has submitted to that. Not just a man that uses it just as a term. Oh, you know, man, yeah, 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 man. I love God, man. It's like, I love God. I'm, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I'm talking about a man that is pursuing the fruits of, of what that life looks like. He is pursuing not to just pay his tithes and get cute at the church to go to brunch, you know what I mean? And and say grace, (laughs) you know, and say grace at the table. And, you know, God, we thank you for this food. Turn up, let's get lit. But I'm talking about a man that you, you smell the fragrance of his, of his pursuit. Does that make sense? Yes. That is a difference. There is a difference. Yeah. 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 And so, and so for me personally, for Kirk, a long time ago, my faith became the premier lexicon of who I was. Like it became the Mm -hmm. status of my heart, far from perfect, still got a long way to go, but it became my race. That became my chase. I began to chase that. And as I chased, I changed. Yeah. Come on. That is so true. (laughs) It's not even just for a man, but I think it's more prevalent for a man but I know that for me especially in my last situation I mean I felt like I've always like you said I'm a church girl and I felt like I've always you know kind of been close to God but like now mm-hmm. he's like my homeboy yes you know what I'm saying yes. so it's different it's, it's different. different so like I, I I know I know exactly what you mean when you know it's not just about the front of God it's like 
he really is in my yeah. life now. So now yeah. I, I've definitely changed and I can see and I can appreciate a good person when it comes into my yeah. life. It's the, it's the difference than liking somebody and then somebody really being placed in your life. And yes. that like is different. Yes. And you can't save him. Yeah. You can't yes. save him. You, you can't. You can't save him. <laughs> he has to make he has to make that decision. That change for himself. That is a personal decision. Now yep. you can support him, you can let him know what the standard is, you can pray for him, but you have to establish like Tammy would never let me date her for years. Tammy wasn't gonna really? do that. No, Tammy wasn't gonna do that. Tammy was the kind of woman that I knew, I knew that it was gonna be wifey or I was gonna have to let her be about her life. That it wasn't gonna be no long day. Yeah, just because she she reeked of a standard, and I think that yeah. women deserve and are worthy of understanding that they are the creators of creation. And so, yeah. when you understand that type of power, you've got to be able to create some barriers to protect that, because that's a very powerful thing. A very powerful thing. That okay, women, us <laughs> women, we don't want to do that. You want me to tell you why we don't want to do that? Teach because me. We, Teach <laughs> me. School me. Okay. School. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, most women, we don't want to do that because, like, we feel like once we found somebody that we love or comfortable with, we kind of lower our standards and we do be with them longer than what we should and we don't make them marry us you know what I mean yeah, we yeah. do let them date us for two or three years which yeah, I think yeah. is a long time yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying yeah. because we just it's really I'm, okay so I'm single at 43 and it's nothing out here <laughs> really it's not no it's nothing out here like i'm single 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 because it's nothing out here so people feel like especially women feel like you know once they find somebody that they're comfortable with they just hold on instead of holding on to god's unchanging hand they hold on to to the wrong hand they hold on to the wrong hand yeah and 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 i do want to make sure that i'm being sensitive to the fact that i understand the weight of loneliness and i understand the struggle of what loneliness brings and i can totally get that i am just only saying is that there is a decision that has to be made that the luggage of loneliness is a lot lighter than the luggage of a bad relationship because the Ooh. luggage of loneliness is carry-on luggage. But the yeah. but the luggage of relationship luggage, you got to check that stuff in. That stuff, you got to get there earlier, check it oh, in, wait a baggage claim. Yeah. You know, sometimes they get lost. You got to go yeah. pick it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when you're single, when you're single, it's luggage. But it's luggage you can throw over the seat. You know what I'm saying? You you, you throw them see because you understand that you are at least worthy to be on the flight. Yeah, <laughs> that is a word, and you ministering to me today. Wow. <laughs> but you're right. Oh my God, I I would rather continue to heal and work on myself yeah. and have my baggage fit underneath the seat that's in front of me instead of, you know, checking my bag and taking the chance for my bag to be broken. That's it. That's it. That's now that's a good word. That's a super dope (laughs) word. So now you feel me, you feel me though. I do. Yeah. yeah. I do. But we just, we're we're in such a rush, like to find that thing. You know what I mean? How do, how do you think people know when that special thing is here? Well, I think that you said something also very significant is that people are in such a rush to find that thing because the self-work is harder. Yeah. It's like I can hide my brokenness in somebody else. You know what I mean? Oh, 
as I can have myself, you know, in dates and dinners and, you know, little jump offs and, you know, just the temporary, you know, it's almost like, you know, uh, and I'm not saying that I'm against medication. I'm saying that a lot of times we're quick to do medicine than we are to do the deeper work. And sometimes the pills hide the deeper scars. And sometimes the it's deeper true. scars is therapy. It's, 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 it's changing lifestyle, changing life. And that is so much work. It's so much easier to get a prescription. It's so much easier to pop a pill because it don't take so much self-engagement because the invasiveness and the intrusion, and the intrusion it takes to be able to look deep at you, it is work and it is tiring. But the payoff, see, that's why you 41 still doing great things. I'm 51 years old. And it's because by the grace of God, we are fighting to want to do the deeper work. You know, we yeah. stumble, we fall, we mess up, but we chase it. Yeah. We're chasing. Oh, 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 you asked me, how do you know? How do you know? You know, yeah. you know, because that's what healing reveals. It's like, it's so beautiful that as your scars begin to get a scab on it, you're able to see over the brokenness. It's, it's like, yeah. it's, as long as you're broken, the broken is what leads your narrative. If you're empty, the, the, the emptiness leads your narrative. But as you begin to do the spiritual healing, the, the personal healing, the financial healing, it's like those things yeah. begin to heal and you're able to see over it. Now you can see, okay. And here's what's dope about it. Because the work was so deep and heavy to do, you're not willing yeah. to sacrifice to go back just because he got a chest, a shoulders, a Come nice on. eyes, or he tall yeah. or whatever, or he little like me or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. not willing to sacrifice all of that because the work it took just to get over yeah. that hump. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Okay, so but I got to get in your business a little bit because get in my business. Get in my business. So yes, because we and we talk about ourselves in terms of our healing and you know going to the next level of life, which is the greatness of it, right? So what what kind of deep work have you had to do that you don't mind sharing? Oh man, I'm 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 very honored to say that, and I know you know this. Well, you know that I was yeah. adopted, and 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 yeah. so as I grew up with a lot of abandonment issues, I was told I wasn't yeah. wanted. I heard my biological mother say I didn't want him. So I grew really up, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. I heard her. How old were you? I was oh, 13 years old. I, I was 13 years Shut old. Shut up. What happened was the lady that legally adopted me knew my mother. And so one night, but because I was a troubled adolescent kid, got in trouble because of all my issues. And she asked yeah. my biological mother to come pick me up for the weekend. And my biological mother did. First time I'd ever been my biological mother. I, I would see my biological mother maybe once or twice every two years or something, a year or so. And so my biological mother and her new husband had got into a fight that night. So she brought me back home. And so my adopted mother, who was a much older woman, she was about 73 at this time, was like, What's the and and so my biological mother's like, listen, you know I didn't want no kids in the first place, you knew I wanted an abortion, but you wouldn't let me, and so I heard that, and so I lived with that rejection and abandonment. So, so being promiscuous was my love language, you know, and I fell into that very deeply. You know, I loved girls, trying to find my mama in each girl I dated, and I didn't discriminate. I didn't discriminate. I date little girls, big girls. I mean, girl had me on a hip. (laughs) You know, I was just, you know, I, I just love me some girls. I love it. You know, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. love. But then what happened was, is that you create bad habits. 
there are yeah. bad habits because I do believe that intimacy is a spiritual act. It's, it's a spiritual act. And so you do develop the soul ties and spirits of the people that you lay with because it is an act that also supposed it's not just for pleasure. It's also it's also to procreate. And so you're becoming yeah. one with somebody. Right. And so when I started to see how it was impacting who I was. And then the rejection that I felt, I did not just want to be a Sunday Christian. It's like I saw the pastors having girlfriends on the side and I saw the deacons smoking outside with cigarettes and saw this foolishness. And it's like, I didn't want to be that guy. Something, something, something intrinsically in me, you know, me and you would call it the Holy Spirit, right? You know, what didn't want me to fall into the same destruction that my daddy did, that my granddad, my granddaddy was in prison for murder. You know, I mean, my real daddy won nothing in my life. So the bottom line is, is that my, my pursuit of not wanting to be like them, I had a wreck and I ran into Tammy. And so a great woman that loved God as well and a past that had me broken, I wanted to be better. I wanted to be better for her. I wanted to be better for my son that I had at 17. And so not wanting to be like what I saw was my goal. Y'all better listen here. (laughs) Because he got to work. What is that, 25 years? You guys been married for 25? Was that 25 years you guys just celebrated? Last month, last month, 25 years with the homie. Yeah, Tammy and I are really good Instagram friends, just so you know. <laughs> I'm going to tell her you said hi. I'm going to tell her you said hi. Now, yes, that's the Californian. Now, that's the Californian. That's the California. That's the California talk. Yeah, talk, talk. That's the California talk. Yeah. Yeah, tell her I said hi. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, it's amazing how a man can just call out a woman like that. Like, if it wasn't for her, I would not no. be where I am. She saved me. She saved oh me. Oh, my gosh. It's so many men who, who are afraid to admit that. Why do you think that is? Well, for a lot of us men of color, it's not an excuse, but I do think we have to have those deep conversations, Tamar. There is trauma in the black and brown community. Oh that I think it's going to take generations for us to recover from. You talk about being stripped from uh, names and identities and values that we had to walk through. And even the faith that we subscribe to was weaponized against us. And so Mm -hmm. there's so much trauma Mm -hmm. in the church, out of the church, in our communities, out of our communities. And so when you have black men that have had to fight through the reprogramming of our identities and understanding who we are and what we are. And if we do not have the fathers reaffirm what that truth is, we continue to spread that poison on our sisters and our children yeah. and our children's yeah. children. It's not an excuse, but but there is a truth to acknowledge where the cancer starts. And so the cancer yeah. starts is that when you have a whole race of people that were forced to move their environments and not have equity in, yeah. in the place where they move to, then you can almost kind of have, a, I don't give a damn attitude. Right. And, and so you fight through that. And so you find a beautiful black queen. And if you don't reprogram that, I don't give a damn attitude. She becomes a beneficiary of it. So. I'm fanning the air, everybody. Cause yeah. <laughs> it's the word for me. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it's unfortunate, but I do believe, and I think you see it too. You're seeing more men on social media posting with their yeah. babies and, you know, you know, hugging their kids and walking with their kids. You see more black men doing their little girl's hair and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All of these beautiful images of us as melanin kings and queens. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I just want to encourage people to also know that we're spiritual beings too. So no matter yeah. how much uh, financial success we get, uh, how much social 
financial success and academic success we get, at the end of the day, we have souls that have to be fed. And I believe, not religion, but a relationship, not with the weaponized version of Jesus Christ that was used mm-hmm. for, for the colonization of our people. I'm talking about the true teachings of the gospel is what can get us to see that no matter how great I get, I'm nothing if you're not great with me. Well, there's that on that. <laughs> We're speaking to the contemporary gospel great Kirk Franklin. Stay with us. We're back into the blueprint to continue our conversation with my good friend, Kirk Franklin. Coming from somebody who's had so much success, like, what is it, 16 Grammys? Well, I stole four of them because what happened is, is when people go, <laughs> as I go to the Grammys and when people pee, I just go grab them line. You're so silly. Is it 16? 16 and counting. Yes, ma'am. Grammys. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> 100,000 other awards. Okay. Oh, a singer-songwriter, oh. a father, an amazing husband. What do you think your greatest achievement is? Not being like my daddy. That's heavy. Yeah. That's why we had to let it breathe. That's why we had to let it breathe. You know, one of my greatest moments was was working with you when you were a young singer. <laughs> it was one of the greatest opportunities for me. It was over 20 years ago, and this yeah. big old bright-eyed young girl came into the studio. I was working on that Kingdom Come soundtrack for a movie, and you came in, and your sister Tony and came through to support you. And when I heard your voice and when I felt you, I just saw you. I mean, you had these big old eyes and a big old smile, and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, she's something special. That was a that was a very special moment for me. That was a why very, because I got a chance to see a star in the making. I got what? a chance to see a star in the making. I was there. I was there at the beginning of your career. Yeah, you were. Like you know what? You were the first. Actually, you were the first like person I, that I've worked with that I actually truly respected and felt like this is the superstar that I'm working with. So like wow. the first superstar that I've worked with. And I remember being so scared. Wow. I was scared to sing in front of you. So even though I was a church dude too, you were still scared? Oh, it didn't matter to me. You scared frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would have made you comfortable. I thought because, no. because we're from the same place. But But I want you to know I was nervous too. I was nervous. Were you? Yes, man. You were, listen, man, you were, listen, you were, what, what, what were you signed yet? I was signed to DreamWorks. You, you were signed that? to DreamWorks. I remember that. Yeah. And you were working with Tim and Bob, about to work with Tim, Tim and Bob. Bob at the time. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I was nervous because it's like, I didn't want to embarrass myself. It's like I got this, 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 this young diamond that's about to do. Oh, yeah. That was a, and I just wanted you to know that. And I wanted your fans to know that, that that was a big moment for me. As I was 29, yeah. as I was 29 years old, you were a teenager. I was about 17. Not that much. 17, yeah, 18, 17, 18 years yeah. old. Yeah. 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 I, and, and, and I was 29. I was young, trying to figure it out. And I, man, I was honored. Thank you for being on that project. And you are a star. You are a star. Thank you. That was a big moment for me. I mean, it was, it was very embarrassing because I was, like I said, scared 
to sing in wow. front of Kirk Franklin. Amazing. Period. Amazing. Okay, so listen, I want to hear about this podcast, podcast and why podcast. you're doing it and what's up with it. Well, I want you to know, I never would have done it on my own. Sony Entertainment, RCA, RC Inspiration, mm-hmm. they all approached me about a year ago. And um, thought mm-hmm. that I would be uh, good for the format. Didn't know I would be. So we took a year to work on the architecture of it, the ideals, what was going to be the context of, of every conversation. And it's basically where faith collides with culture. And so we're having yeah. cultural icons discuss what faith means to them. Do they have faith? Did they have faith? Yeah. Who is God in their life? Uh, are they on the pursuit? Testimonies and stories of how that's impacted their success, their struggles, how they are able to process what it means to even try to pursue that level of faith. It's still fun, though. It's not all deep. You know, it's silly, goofy me. You know, it's 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 everything yeah. that we try to do. And it's called Good Words. The first episode is Pharrell. We've interviewed her. Kelly Rowland, Chance the Rapper, Glennon Doyle, uh, Chris Paul, interviewing um, some really special people. There's some more people on deck that I'm really, really excited about. Yeah, it's called Good Words because we need— Don't you love it? We need good words. We need good words. We need good words. I think think your podcast is going to be like— humongous like everything else only because like what you bought to under construction today you know like you always have an amazing word but to have this every single week we get to have kirk franklin every single week drop a word for real in our spirits are you kidding me that's <laughs> I lo- amazing i love your voice it's amazing your, your <laughs> voice is golden your voice is golden i love it and I want you to see behind me, Miss Tamar. This is my studio, so whenever you're ready to do some music. I'm actually ready to do some music. I really am. Well, whatever I can do to assist. Okay. So in a recent article, you stated that we're living in an era where so many things compete for attention of our hearts. How important is it for us to keep our hearts protected? And how can we do that effectively? It's when you have the clear understanding that you only get one. And that mm. the and the work to recovery is such a long process that you've got to be able to count the cost of who you let in. It's almost like when you were kids, when we were kids, remember this, Tamar, when you were kids and you had friends over and they wanted some water, mama would give you the red cups. But mama had some nice cups up in the cabinets, but they were always up high because she didn't want us little kids to tear their stuff up. And so right. when it was time to play, she'd give you the little cheap cups, but she saved the good cups for special events. That's how you have to do your heart. You have to do your heart like that. You can't do your heart like a solo cup. And so if you if you live with your life with your heart easily accessible, then It'll never be special. Everybody don't get the good cup. Oh, <laughs> my God. Everybody That's don't. so amazing. Everybody yeah, don't. Yeah, because, you know, when you're single and that lonely thing that we talked about, yeah, it's yeah. like we are so ready to give people the good china. So quick. So quick. And, I mean. And grandmama would put a belt on you. And so, <sighs> and so you got to be, so you got to be like grandmama about your heart. Yeah. It's a word. See, that's why you got a podcast. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it. You get gems like that? Don't oh, wow. give people to China. Give them the solo cup. <laughs> uh, duh. Okay, that, that's it. 
shit, I can't even talk no more because I got to go outside and shout. <laughs> that that is funny. Oh my god, we give so like we give the most undeserving people the yes. best. Yes, that you know now that's a word. That is a word. That is a word. Even on a job, you got to fill out application. You can't just come in. Even if you got Harvard degrees and paperwork, you got to go through a process. And then not only that, they take you through this. Uh, when you set up a job, what is it like? 30 day trial, 60 day trial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it, but it's like for us, these broken people that we are, people get the VIP of our souls. They get the VIP line of our souls, and we've got to change that narrative of our hearts. I mean, okay, good night. We're logging off. That's that for us. I love it. Okay. I love love it. That's it. I love it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I ain't going to be single long after that. All right, what would you say has been your greatest takeaway from our conversation or what message would you like to leave with the people? My biggest takeaway from this incredible conversation with you is that greatness has a price to it and many people don't get a chance to cash in because they're not willing to do the work. But everybody has the capacity to do the work. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Okay, how can people stay connected to you? They, what are your platforms? They can just come to the house. Let's keep it old school. <laughs> you know? Let's keep it old school. <laughs> they can follow me at Kirk Franklin uh, on on every platform, even MySpace. I think I'm on. Am I on MySpace? No. You are not on <laughs> MySpace. And ain't nobody coming to the house. We saw the Instagram. How you put your churn out? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I put them out, ma. I'm going so I can walk around in my drawers with one sock on. That is hilarious. <laughs> well, thank you, Kurt. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. It is an honor and very, very, very proud of you again. You're a star. Well, I love you. And I love you, you too, you. man. Thank you for letting me be on your platform. And, and they can check out the podcast everywhere. And I'm so excited about good words. And thank you so much for this opportunity. All right, everybody. Kurt Franklin. Yo, this conversation, baby. It has been so healing to me, okay? Who I needed that. It always makes me feel so good to hear a man share his truth and give recognition to the woman in his life. Who child, that was a whole word for me. And if you would like to check out his podcast, Good Words with Kirk Franklin, it is available now on your favorite podcast platform. I know I'm going to be checking that thing out because that one had a word all over him. Won't he do it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? That's all I got for y'all this week. But I promise to have another amazing show ready for you to tune into next week. And if you would like to share your under construction journey with me, your girl Tamar, all you have to do is shoot me an email to uswithtamar at gmail.com. That's the letters uswithtamar at gmail.com. And if no one else tells you, remember this. I love you. And I mean it. Because we're all under construction together. Bye. Under Construction is a production of Mosauce, a Stitcher brand. It's produced by Angel Lavis. Our recording engineer and sound designer is Rashad Smith. Our executive producer is T-Square. Music provided by Radio, an audio everywhere company. More 